Well, can the RBNZ and the RBA be more unlike each other if they tried? So close and yet so far apart. With the RBNZ lifting rates by 50 basis points yesterday, they have taken a very large mallet from their toolkit. So what are they thinking? A lot of people are asking that question. We'll see if there's any method behind their madness today. We'll also look at what Philip Lowe from the RBA said yesterday lunchtime. Plus, further signs of softness in the US overnight ahead of the non-farm payrolls tomorrow. It is Thursday, the 6th of April, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has gained a little today. It's up 0.3% on the DXY index. The Aussie dollar down half a percent to 67.2 US cents, a 0.4% fall in the euro and 0.3% down for the pound. The yen up, though, 0.4%. And bond yields are falling down four for 10-year treasuries, down seven for 10 years in Germany and France. Not much for the UK, though. An Aussie 10 years, well, they were up two basis points for 10 years yesterday to 3.27%, but down about five basis points from that on futures overnight and stocks very mixed again the nasdaq down 1.1 percent at close the s&p 500 down a quarter percent but the dow up a quarter percent and the uh, whilst the euro stocks 50 was down 0.4 percent the FTSE 100 closed up 0.4 percent and oil down take that opec uh, a 0.4 percent drop in wti and a 0.2 percent drop in brent so a bit to cover today with NAB's David DeGarris in London, sure. uh, just about to kick off his long weekend, of course. Indeed. Uh, let, let's start over the Tasman. Mm. Markets were priced in for a 25 basis point uh, rise by the RBNZ yesterday, and they came out with 50 out of nowhere, even though all the data from New Zealand has been softer lately. I mean, consumer confidence down, business confidence down, GDP in Q4 last year down 0.6%, uh, gross national disposable income down 1.7% uh, wherever you look, but still they pushed ahead with this uh, 50 basis point rise. Lots of negatives there, as you said, Phil, but, uh, and you might, we, we might recall for those listeners who follow the um, New Zealand uh, dollar and uh, the RBNZ pretty closely, um, you know, in back in February, you know, they responded to the stronger than expected September quarter GDP. And then we had the, the fall in December quarter and the, business surveys and the activity numbers have been very quite ordinary since then uh, maybe mm. not quite as negative as they were at the end of last year but ordinary nevertheless I particularly like the summary and um, my colleague Jason Wong from uh, BNZ when he wrote his note this morning RBN, RBNZ yeah nah <laughs> that's a that's the Kiwi perspective on it all, but yeah, indeed, but, indeed. but yeah I mean well yeah nah says it all really doesn't it because I mean you normally wouldn't finish with 50, would you? I mean, it sort of implies that they would expect to do more, but otherwise you'd be saying, why the haste? Why not 25 and see how it goes? I would have thought so. I mean, um, I mean, the first, for me, you know, I wanted to read the statement and, you know, what was the reasoning for the 50 basis points? You know, as you said, the market was almost perfectly priced for 25, wasn't it? I think it was 26 or 27 basis points. Mm. But nobody was talking even wildly about the possibility of 50 basis points, not after all the international events we've seen and what we've seen on New Zealand. So for me, I mean, I think the two things that I picked up there, uh, one is their interpretation of what the impact of the um, the severe storms, the rebuilding activity felt, and I think they're concerned that that might become 
more than just a short-term inflation issue, you know, from um, the the building construction industry trying to get resources and people for the rebuilding. But I would have thought that would be stretched out over a period of time. And what do they want to do? Do they want to slow that rebuild down? I mean, you know, that's sort of like that's – is that really going to be inflationary? Well, I would have thought that it'll it, it'll tend to displace other other building activity that would have mm. otherwise taken place, yeah. right? Yeah, you would have thought so. Yeah, and but I think that the punchline seemed to be that you know we had that big rally in um, you know uh, in in bond yields, wholesale rates on the back of the uh, the banking ructions last month, and that washed some some of that washed over the New Zealand wholesale market, and their concern is there that. Um, current lending rates for households and businesses, you know, on the back of lower wholesale rates may go down. They're unhappy with that. So they wanted to ensure that, um, you know, they'd support uh, yields and that, um, in essence, sort of financial conditions, it wouldn't be sort of like a de facto easing. And they're concerned about that and the implications for inflation. But there you go. People are still borrowing as well. So so loans to non-financial businesses in February totaled mm-hmm. $271.8 billion. That's 8% up on a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, up 0.2% month on month. But household loans up almost 14% year on year. So, I mean, that could be part of the problem as well, couldn't it? Could be, but house prices are still going down, as I understand it, Phil. But and mm. so you just wonder so what, what is actually going on. Is well, maybe that, they're borrowing because they have to. Because they yeah, maybe because to yeah. do with the to do with the the flooding and so forth, well, or maybe too. it's just because they're strapped for cash. Mm. Um, you know, could could be those sorts of issues. But it doesn't seem to be in the housing sector, which is where you would expect most of that sort of surge to be. Yeah. Well, uh, look, loans are rising in Australia too, but lending is only a bit over 5%, not 14% over over Mm. the last year. So, I mean, that does stick out a bit for New Zealand. Uh, Whereas, obviously, a very different story from the RBA, which we talked about uh, yesterday. And since we've spoke, of course, Philip Lowe has uh, given his speech at the Press Mm. Club. Uh, we gave him we gave him the key word to use to show he was listening to the uh, uh, to the podcast. Uh, we said the word I think we said the word was uh, inflation, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and surprise he used it fifty two times. Expectations was another one I think we said, and he used that eight times. Uh, but uh, inflation mentioned fifty two times. That shows how worried he is. Uh, what did you take out from the speech? Well, apart from the very most interesting bit of trivia that apparently there. Uh Eighteen one hundred dollar notes on issue on average to every person in Australia, which is and those those notes have been growing six to seven percent per year, but recently it's it's really? slowed down. So mm. I don't I know. We weren't using cash oh, he anymore. put that down to low interest rates, so people just wanted cash. Yeah, but, um, wow. You, you can think of other activities that those notes could be used for, but um, like tax avoidance. Now he's asked about things like the the fixed rate cliff. Uh, a lot of focus on mortgage yep. rates. So, a very interesting re- graph, wasn't there? In, indeed, in- indeed. Graph six. So, if you go to the RBA website, rba.gov.au, <laughs> which is very helpful here. Yeah, because it was basically showing how quickly interest rates transmitted through to uh, well, yes. uh, cost of living pressures really for mortgage holders. Because uh, outstanding mortgages uh, are um, from when they so basically from when they started to lift interest rates. Mm-hmm to uh, sort of the point beyond that, yes. uh, outstanding mortgage rates rose 2% in 10 months mm. from that first policy change in Australia, whereas after 17 months in New Zealand, they were still only about 160 basis points higher. So he was trying to make the point, wasn't he, that uh, you know th- th- their changes transmit faster than they yes. do in, in other places. Yes. And so well, they, 
so that's why their policy is working more, so presumably why they don't have to move quite so fast. Yes, rather than thinking, well, the Reserve Bank's only increased rates by 350 basis points and um, and New Zealand's got their cash rate up to 5.25%. So is the RBA, you know, 150 points behind New Zealand? Well, not, not, not for mortgage borrowers because nearly all borrowers in, in Australia, apart from that episode during the pandemic when, when rates were super low, but apart from that, nearly everyone borrows variable, standard variable, or, or here in the UK they call them tracker mortgages. So, but uh, yeah. whereas in other domains they tend to borrow fixed rate mortgages. So it takes longer for those sorts of, you know, refis to, to flow through to, um, to rate, to uh, repayment rates. So wouldn't that mean that in New Zealand there's a real danger that they will overshoot? Well, I think if, if, the, if the RBNZ, there, there is that point, um, and, and also the point that if you're waiting for much clearer signs that core inflation is coming down, and we know what a lagging indicator that is, um, then the risk is that you'll over, over-tighten. So the sense is that New Zealand economy is, is, uh, is, is struggling right now. It's just been through an episode of really severe weather, so it's been beaten about the head, and um, it's increasing the risk of... Um, of people you know, openly talking about a deeper recession, not just a, a slowdown in the economy there. But um, and and mm. the reaction function mm. of the RBNZ is clearly to get inflation down. Um, they see that as their remit, and they're going to keep going to make sure that happens. Yeah, them and everyone else. Everyone's just got a different uh, different way of dealing with it, haven't they? So on the RBA, so Philip Lowe did say that, you know, it's way too early to be talking about rate cuts. The balance of risk weighs on further rises, he says, but of course, as always, it depends It depends on the data. Yes, yes, it does. And, and it, you know, it's, it's not, it, it, it's usual, in fact, not unusual. You know, I mean, when we do forecasts, uh, for interest rates, for ca- for the for the cash rate, you know, we're, we're at the bottom, you're talking about well, how much might rates rise, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred basis points. But when you get to this stage of the cycle, we're sort of in the fine tuning stage, aren't we? So <laughs> it's it's usual that a central bank will increase rates a lot, and then they'll pause and reflect and see how that's flowing through the economy, and if necessary, come back again. That's quite usual. So um, no, New Zealand. <laughs> maybe maybe anyway. they haven't reached that stage yet, Phil. Gee, well, that's scary, isn't it? Look, uh, weaker US data overnight. overnight. The, uh, the services ISM last night down mm. from 55.1 in February to 51.2 in March. A chunk of that was new orders falling from 62.6 to 52.2. That is quite a fall. It is, it is. And uh, that's a sign of the actual uh, business activity component didn't fall that much at all, but new orders was down pretty sharply. And the prices paid component too, Phil, was down, what, six points. Yeah. Uh, it's still, it's still above 50, but falling nevertheless. Yeah. So um, – Unemployment as well, down from 54 uh, from fifty four down to 51.3. So, yes. You know, so prices and employment, that takes the pressure off the Fed a little bit, doesn't it, if we see that well, sort of it, portrayed it, it in could, other data? It, it could well do. Of course, we had those um, – Quite, you know, quite soft job openings figures. When I say soft, much, much softer than what the market was expecting. Yeah. And for those people that do put some weight on the ADP employment number, which was out today, yeah, um, that, that was, was one hundred and forty-five thousand more people yes. work from two hundred and sixty-one in February. And, and yes, that, but that February number was an upward revision as well. So that actually makes the the fall 
seem bigger than yeah. It would have been we, we just don't have enough history to know whether. I mean, this is the, the ADP has approach, tended yeah. to underpredict mm. this using this new methodology. But I, to be honest, I sort of put that on one side for the time being until we actually see the payrolls numbers on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before that, uh, we get today Australia's trade data, employment numbers for Canada. That'll be interesting ahead of the, the Bank of Canada next week because that, of course, includes its wages data as well. And China's Caging Services PMI, the mm. uh, the next uh, the, the next stage of reopening uh, with figures for March. I mean, it's been up month on month uh, since that low of 46.7 in November. So presumably mm. it's just going to continue on that upward trajectory. I, I would it? have thought so. I looked at that number today and um, I think the consensus is for it to be unchanged in March I couldn't believe it I was, you know we saw in the official number what earlier in the week that was um, that was up further and that, mm. that's what that's what the you know the information coming out of China suggests that it should be so um, well, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that um, if that overachieves, I'll probably put the mockers on it now, Phil. But um. <laughs> we haven't had a great week, have we? What with our call on the RPA, so we should be we should be careful. But we yeah. should be we should be humble, right? <laughs> exactly. What us? I don't think we can ever do that. Uh, so uh, there's that today, uh, and then of course, yeah, uh, Friday. Uh, even though we're all on holiday, and we we won't get to talk about this till Tuesday. It's going to drive Indeed. us mad. Indeed. Non-farm payrolls. Uh, how many jobs? Hourly earnings? Average hours worked? The participation rate? All that good stuff. Stuff. Uh, and um, yeah, this is—I mean—the market's hanging out for this, isn't it? Really, it is. It is. It's just just a pity it's being released sort of in on, in holiday mode. But anyway, yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what it all does, and we'll talk about it uh, on on Tuesday. Which I mean, it'll be a bit like a history lesson by then, won't it? But anyway, we'll uh, we'll cover it all off. Have a great long weekend, and uh, we'll catch you, you again too, very Phil. soon. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. And that's it for me, Phil Dobby, for NAB. I'll be back after the long weekend. Enjoy your Easter. See you Tuesday.